Hi, this is Steve Morse from Deep Purple, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jeff Pilton, and you, my friend, are listening to Iron City Rocks, where it really, really rocks. Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 433 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 433, we are joined by uh, two Pittsburgh musicians born and bred. We have joining us first, Reb Beach, obviously the guitarist of Winger for many, many years, is currently the musical director for Whitesnake, guitarist for Whitesnake as well. And also has got a new project out. It is called Black Swan, who will be releasing their debut album on the 14th with Frontiers Records. Now, Black Swan, the name you may not recognize, but uh, get a load of this lineup. You have Jeff Pilson on bass, who played with uh, Reb, obviously, in Dokken. Uh Jeff is the bassist of Foreigner currently. Uh, so Foreigner and Whitesnake toured in 2018, I believe it was. Uh, here in the United States, they've toured in, in other countries as well, uh, so they've toured together quite a bit recently. Also, um, Matt Starr on drums, who is the current drummer of uh, Mr. Big, and on vocals, Robin McCauley, who uh, we're glad to say is doing much better health-wise. So, you know, you listen to that line, and you think, whoa. So, we're not going to talk about it, we're going to let you listen to it. We've got the f- actually the second single from the band, the song is called Big Disaster, from the album, then we're going to get into that talk with Red Beach.
Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Reb Beach. How are you doing, Reb? Hey, good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Um, you are just okay. days away from releasing uh, the Shake the World, the debut album from the band Black Swan with your old running mate from uh, Dockin' Days, Jeff Pilson, and, and obviously Robin McCauley and uh, Matt Starr. So can you talk a little bit? I mean, I know you've toured with uh, Jeff you know, with Whitesnake touring with Foreigner, you know, more recently. Right. Was that kind of how this came about, you know, just kind of rapping backstage? or? Um, I think that's what made Jeff think of me. <laughs> because, you know, Jeff does um, projects for Frontiers mm-hmm. uh, all the time, and um, he's got a good relationship with him. He's a good producer, and he's got a nice studio in his house. And so... Um, when Serafino approached him and said, let's put something together, uh, he said, you know, how about Reb? I think because I was out with him at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that happened. He did ask me when I was on the road, hey, you want to do a thing? <laughs> like, yeah. okay. That's his, it seems to be the, the, the way things get done anymore. And it's, it seems vital for musicians such as yourself. I know, obviously, Joel, uh, you, you're, your your companion in um, Whitesnake, you know, a lot of irons in the fire, it, you know, a lot of downtime with bands, but then when it's time to go on tour, you've got to go on tour. Um, was this something that came together relatively quick? Because I know, obviously, getting the four of you, um, you know, time commitments with other things has got to be tough. Was this, you know, a, a long-term thing that you had, you know, had to work schedules around to get it done, or was it kind of piecemeal? Um, it was basically um, when Jeff uh, was off and I was off mm-hmm. for the writing part of it. You know, we had to basically. Jeff said, "Okay, you're writing it," and I was like, "Oh, really?" Like mm-hmm. when I got there, that's what he said. <laughs> and I said okay, um, and the, the whole reason I did it was to get the chance to write with Jeff again because yeah. we did the Doc and Erase the Slate record, and it was such a great experience. Um, you know, he's so fun to work with and, yeah. and uh, you know, I really was looking forward to working with him again and that's why I did it. it just jumped at the chance. Um and so luckily I had a bunch of ideas of, you know, just the that kind of music, you know, right. um guitar riffs, that's kind of what I excel in. So I came in and we wrote a song a day, just me and him. Mm-hmm. Um and then we uh we we got Robin to to do the vault the, uh, the lyrics. Sorry, right. Um, was was he a known and, commodity? And it, all went, it went pretty quickly. When you were writing the wrist, did you know you would be writing ultimately for something to go with Robin's voice, or was that kind of determined? Yeah. After? Okay. It's just really close with Robin. They're like okay. besties. I, you don't say that about men, do you? You're, okay, best um, friend. We'll we'll let it slide. <laughs> okay. Was was it somewhat liberating? I mean, you've been the guitarist of Winger as long as you know most people knew your name, or the guitarist of Alice, or the guitarist of White Snake. Was it kind of refreshing to go into a project like this where you could just be Red Beach and write however the hell you know your fingers decided to be? Was that somewhat liberating to step away from the box of a band and a brand? Um. Yeah, it, it was. Well, the the fun part was that Jeff acts like everything that you do is the greatest thing he's ever mm-hmm. heard in his life. Mm-hmm. So, like all my solos are one take because, or, or most of them, because 
I'd play a solo, and he'd say, that's it! You know, my God, that's amazing! And I was like, really? <laughs> and and we ended up keeping it. He would sell me on it, and, and uh, we just didn't do a lot of takes. Um, and as far as, you know, comparing it to working with Winger, it's, uh, it definitely, I had more, I was more in the driver's seat than mm -hmm. I am with with Winger and with Whitesnake, for sure. Sure. You know, because there's always a, a head honcho um, who has his ideas and you kind of got to do what he wants to do. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I had a lot more freedom, for sure, with Jeff. And, uh, you know, I had verses and choruses, uh, so I had all the meat and potatoes for the songs and um, Jeff is a great arranger like Kip Winger mm -hmm. so um, you know it, it, it happened fast How, when you're working with somebody it's like good that stuff. It, 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 I'm, I'm really I'm really happy that those riffs got out there because otherwise they'd just be sitting on my hard drive you know yeah I mean been there for years do you, is this something that, <laughs> some like of that stuff is 15 that years was, old yeah that was exactly what I was going to ask you I mean is it just a you just kind of you know hit record on your phone and, and you know when you're noodling around in the warm ups or something on the road and then you're going back someday and going oh this could be a song or do you you maybe let Jeff or somebody else listen through what you've recorded and say you know let's let's materialize this. The other day Kip said, "What do you have on your phone?" And I said, "You know what? I always forget about my damn phone." So I looked on my phone. I've got two gigabytes worth of ideas, <laughs> worth of me sitting backstage at a White Snake, um, you know, waiting to go on stage. Right. And I might come up with a riff, and I'll, I'll record it really fast. I always forget about the phone. These recordings were me in my studio, where you know you just put a drum machine up, and where right. I was trying to write for another project, and mm -hmm. the idea didn't make it past Kip, you know, who right. was um, you know, famously tough to mm. to like your stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm a poet, and I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it certainly, I mean, you think about that, though. I mean, when you're presenting it to a singer like that, or, you know, Kip's mind, I think, is on a different plane than, than most totally. mortal, mortal human beings when it comes to arranging. And, 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 <laughs> um, True. You know they have to feel it to sing over it, or you know to to collaborate. And right. It, that's why I wonder. Yeah, and we, you know, I'd come in with, I'd come in with a riff, and then Jeff would say, "Well, you know, Robin's not going to want to sing over that. Let's let's just uh, make it more um, straight ahead. You know, not mm -hmm. so busy." So we did a lot of that, you know, um, just toning the stuff down. Um, you know, just adding just like a chug in yeah. there for him to sing over. Yeah. Um, but it, writing, yeah. But writing with Jeff is is always always great. Yeah. Now the the solo for Immortal Souls, uh, I have to admit personally, I thought was just off the charts. Was that a first take, or you know, did you kind of chart out where you want to go with that, or you just hit go and you know have an idea what the yeah, chord changes? Uh, well. With me, you just want to keep me in the same key. Don't be changing keys on mm -hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a jazz guy. Um, I would have to listen to that song. I have no idea what the solo is in that. Um, how could I find that? Just to call that up for a second. It's probably in my Dropbox. Um, it's funny you mentioned that song. That's kind of... I don't even know where it is on the record, though. It might be the second song, for all I know. Um, since I haven't you know, seen the record yet. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Opening. I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not sure if what I saw was the final. You know, sometimes we get them in the 
slightly different order. Um, Alessandro mixes. Well, it's taking forever. I'll have to That's get okay. back to you on that. Here's no, 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 Wait, no. here's Alessandro mixes. Um, Immortal Souls, and I'm, I'm opening it here. And let's get to the solo. What's solo? Um. Oh, it's just it's. You know what? It's a lot like um, that Dawkins song that I did a solo on. Uh, um, shoot, uh, it, it's it's same tempo and it's just you know bass and drums and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the Dawkins Live Erasus Lake uh, album. Um, okay. Live Live into the Sun. It's called. And yeah. there's a big solo on one of the songs off a of dysfunctional that docking record, which is a lot like this. And so when you have the the band just going doom 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 doom, you know, just drums and bass, there's a lot of air for me to take my time. And that's when I do my best solos, like Headed for a Heartbreak. Yeah, that's... you know, where where I can like play a note and then stop, you know, and then say something else as as opposed to. You know, just coming in, burning right from the get-go. You know, that's a nice, eerie uh, groove that uh, that I can take my time with. So I'm I'm good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, Thanks that, for that. that yeah, that's. I mean, you, it's funny you mentioned headed for a heartbreak because that was kind of in my head. But I, you know, I don't like necessarily compare. But what you say about air and and sometimes is so difficult for a guitarist. I mean, I'm sure you, you've met a million that can't slow down their lives or can't stop playing. You know, I think we've all seen that musician who can't I, I get out guy, of their own way. I know, I do. Mm-hmm. I know a guy like that who plays the blues. Um, just, he starts by, just, it's the, the only way he knows how to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes you, you need that to, to change it up, you know, let it breathe, you know, I mean, and, and that I think does that so well. Now, um, obviously, we, we've heard encouraging news on Robin's health getting back together or getting back, you know, from the sepsis issue, and, and yeah. we wish him all the best. Um, I know it's got to be virtually impossible for you guys to consider touring, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but is have you guys talked about even a one-off show or? or? Um. It, yeah, we've talked about it. That eventually it'll probably happen if we can make it happen. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll be asked to do the Frontiers Festival, but who knows what our touring schedule is going to be? Yeah. I mean, you know, this thing is it's a project like the Mob was, and and yeah. you know, the Mob never played live either. It, it mm. kind of everything depends on how it does. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. If it does, if it does well, then I'm sure we'll do sh- a show or two, and um, and I'm sure we'll make another record. And, and if it bombs, then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Black Swan, bye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, so hopefully it'll, it'll, people will like it and it'll do well. And we can continue because I I'll write with Jeff anytime. Yeah, and, and I think you know. If, if and I'd like to play live with Jeff again. I haven't played live with Jeff since Stockton. And uh, and that guy's voice, freaking Robin, forget it. He just yeah. takes it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, let's, I mean, none of you were slouches on vocals. You know, I, I personally don't know what Matt's singing voice sounds like, but the three of you, you know, me neither. Are, you know, <laughs> but you know, I, I, obviously, we've all heard you sing, and, and you know, Jeff does some, I think, some of the tastiest bits on the new Foreigner. 
live album or, or you know when you hear him sing and say you will and it, those little parts in the background he throws in are, are really cool do you guys get to, I mean, when you're on the road, you know, with these these kind of mega Live Nations type tours with, you know, Whitesnake Foreigner, do you guys get to interact much or is it you're getting in just in time to do what you need to do and get the hell out to get to the next town? Is there a lot it of downtime? It depends on to- the guy. It depends on the guy. Like, there's there's always a guy in the band who's who's hanging out and catering and mm-hmm. um and is a people person and like you know it's mm-hmm. just there you know there's always like that one guy that you see all the time you know yeah and you know a lot of times lead singers just you know stay on their bus or in their hotel room and um so you know there's some of the guys you see all the time and there's some some guys you just see kind of once in a while and and it's kind of like going to camp you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. when i i went to i went to camp when i was a kid and i would always just kind of pair off with another kid you know mm-hmm. another kid or two and, and that would just be they would be my friends and i wouldn't mm-hmm. hang out with anyone else and that's kind of how it happens on the road you know you, you like me and michael Devin go everywhere together you know we, mm-hmm. we lunch you know dinner together and you know he's kind of my my pal in, in that you know and then um when the bands are all mixing together you know you hook up in catering because everyone's got to eat yep. you know so um so yeah, you, you can you just kind of pick and choose the people that you like to hang with, and and uh, and that's how that happens. So you get to you get to talk to people, but like I'll tell you what, here's a good example. Like in Aerosmith, the only guy that I saw every single day was Brad Whitford. You know, when we toured with Aerosmith, he's like sure. you'd always see Brad. You know, he'd come and hang. He'd just come sit in our dressing room, and, you know, shoot the shit. Everybody um, else is. So, you know, in yeah, Aerosmith. you know, you don't see Joe Perry. You know, Joe Perry's way too huge. Yeah, <laughs> where they're all long. fighting and they don't want to risk running into each other in catering, but that's that's a I different know, podcast. I heard, I heard that about Joey. That's not, Joey's such a um, part of that sound. You know, I remember when uh, when Tom Hamilton was sick, mm-hmm. and they had another bass player, and he's a great bass player, but he just didn't sound like Tom Hamilton. He's got this signature sound, and yeah. so does Joey Kramer. He's a great drummer. Yeah. It just, it just feels Hopefully like it, needs, work that out. it needs to be whole, you know. So let's so yeah, let's hope they get that figured out. Well, Reb, I want to thank you again. The new album, uh, as I said, it's a phenomenal record. I think for anybody who was a fan of a, you know, kind of straight on rock, hard rock, dare I say, hair metal, uh, is going to love it. It, it yeah. comes out in February. Shake the world, uh, Black Swan, and you know, if my opinion is of anything, there'll certainly be a demand for a follow up. I think it came out great. Thanks. I hope so, John. Appreciate it. All right, Reb. I want to thank you so much. I wish you guys all the best, and hopefully things go well for you guys down under. I saw you're headed to Australia. I hope things are better down there. Oh, with the, thanks. With the, yeah, David's worried about his voice and the smoke and everything. Yeah, I was um, going to say. It's, it's like three weeks away, so I'm hoping yeah. that'll be All right, again, Shake the World from Black Swan featuring Reb Beach comes out on the 14th Valentine's Day. So if you've got a metalhead in your life who isn't you, uh, pick up the album. If you're a metalhead, buy it for yourself because you can't rely on somebody getting it for you. But it's really, really awesome from front to back. I mean, you listen to the line of Pilsen, Robbo McCauley, Red Beach, Matt Starr. You can't go wrong. And any Frontiers has a way of just mining great records, uh, you know, 
obviously this is, is a project as, as Reb alluded to in the interview but uh, certainly worth your time uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it if you enjoy that kind of melodic rock so promised you two Pittsburgh artists so we have a band joining us now we have Johnny DiCarlo from the band Never Wake we're going to play you uh, their latest single the song is called Call Out My Name we're going to talk to them all about this band which has been around just about as long as Iron City Rocks has so Hope you enjoy this interview. This is Call Out My Name from Never Wake. Yeah. 
have on the line from Pittsburgh, Johnny DiCarlo. How you doing, Johnny? Good. How you doing? I'm doing very, very well. You guys have just released a, a video for your latest single, Call Out My Name, a fantastic video, um, which is from a forthcoming EP. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the process of putting the video together, you know, the expense, managing kind of the project, how involved you guys were, et cetera? Yeah. Um, as far as how involved we are, I mean, that was that that was completely us. Uh, I do run my own media company, so I've got a lot of access to and knowledge about this stuff. So we were involved from the the inception to the completion of the project. Um, that the set of the video was actually built in my home, it was in my my house, like my my parents' house in the basement. That's where I grew up, like writing a lot of the songs for Never Wake. Um, and yeah, we went back home and we were like, you know what? We're going to make a set down here and we're going to film this video. Um, but it was really cool because we kind of transformed this corner where all these weights used to be into this, like, I, I, it, I like to call it like an elegant Baroque, kind of Victorian area where the walls are draped in red and there's like all these things scattered around the, you know, pieces of art. And it was really cool to do, to transform that and, and to create the, um, the video there. But it was, yeah, that's gotta fun. be fun for you to do that. You know, is it, is it weird working on a video of yourself? I mean, or I'm assuming you're not the subject of all your film work. Um, is that a bit odd to yeah, be in front of the camera? It's, I mean, it definitely is because it's hard to put yourself outside of, like, whenever you're filming someone else, you could be like, that's a good shot right there. You know, I can, mm -hmm. this is a good piece, that's a good piece. You know what is a good thing to, you know, how to put things together. Now, <laughs> when you're, when you're, like, in front of the lens, it's a little bit different because not only are you going like you like is this a good shot but you are criticizing yourself to the max <laughs> so you're like yeah. nah i hate my face there i hate my face there so <laughs> it's a little bit different but that's why i mean it's just like with anything whenever you create something you have to wear different hats and you have to step away and come back to it and mm -hmm. be like is this right do i want this here so that's the i kind of try to take the approach for for video editing like I do with my music. Yeah, I, I give you credit in watching the video. You, one of the things, you, uh, again, I think as any, any lead singer will say, it's, it's probably easier to be the guitarist even if, you know, you're faking it, you know, like some lead guitar or lead singers do because you don't have to worry about what to do with your hands. But in the video, you're not using a microphone, so you're kind of able to move around a little more and you got to worry about your face, you know, and that, that's got to be, Hard to look at yourself because you want to look metal or rock, and, and but you know it's probably easy to look at yourself. And go, oh, that looks maybe corny, um, you know, because people criticize themselves to death. Yeah, I mean we're we're very fortunate to be like like we had we had people there that were helping us out, like my cousin mm. and actually our older um, our, our older guitar player James Watson, who used to be in the band. Um, you know, he was in town and he was like. And he knew some stuff about like filming. I was like, listen, I got this piece of equipment. If you know how to hold things, pick it up and just try. 
And he was like, sure. And he like caught on and it was good working with him too, because he was critical about the process. He was like, you know, like, no, this would be a good shot or that would be a good shot or let's do this and let's do that. So it was definitely, it was helpful to have somebody who's not just going to be like, well, sure. It looks awesome. Yep. Everything's great. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to yes, man. Um, yeah. When you, you did some of the tight shots of the base, you know, with the, the uh, I don't know what you guys tuned to, but the E string for all extents and purposes on the base is really, really vibrating in what looks to be, I'm guessing, a slow motion. Did you guys detune mm-hmm. the base to get that much vibration, or is your bass player just thump it that hard? <laughs> no, actually, so that's how you're, that's how all the, uh, that that's how, how much your strings vibrate in slow motion. Okay. So it's, and then and I guess he does pretty, he does pick pretty hard. I mean, like he uses mm-hmm. a thicker gauge pick. Uh, so that's, and, and I mean, we're dropped down to a for that song. Okay. So okay. definitely it is detuned and there's a lot of vibration there. So yeah, yeah, you're probably seeing a little bit more than usual. That was a really cool effect though, to do that, especially with the bass. I, I don't, and I'm not even sure why. And maybe, you know, you're the cinematographer in the, in the, conversation but as a viewer it made for a really cool effect now when you guys were when you're done with the video and um did you leave the the set up or did you, or did you have to you know mom and dad make you put the weights back and you, you know put the curtains oh, on no, the garage it's still there yeah, it was <laughs> it's still there it's still set up we got to do some other stuff for it we don't want to tear it down we're like this looks so cool like we we yeah. literally want this to stay up we're like i want to have like a backroom poker game back here or something like it's it's really cool and it's uh if we didn't use it for some photos we would be uh we would definitely be upset so yeah and you know i think you just hit hit on a gold mine here you know you got i don't know what bands use in the wake of kickstarter and all those different crowdfunding but a poker game with never wake you know you know, buy the new album for X amount of money and come over and we'll take all your money playing cards out on the set. You know, that would be a cool little That would be a good idea. You know, it needs one of those, like, gothic chairs, I think, would make it really look cool, too. Um, you guys yeah, are, oh, I, that's, that's definitely what we were looking for. It's tight space. It's a yeah. tight space. We do have, like, a love seat. We were going to throw it in there, but we were like, man, we're running out of time. We have to get yeah. this filmed. You guys, um, am I correct on the on the forthcoming EP? You're working again with John Moyer. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you guys come come to work with him? Was that something that some you know you guys just reached out to him on a whim, or did somebody introduce you guys? Nope, we reached out to him, and that's the 100% god honest truth. You know, people think like, oh, you got the connection. We sent him an email. Because we were going to, we were playing a uh, a at a music conference in Harrisburg. This was mm-hmm. four, four or five years ago, maybe. And we saw that he was going to be there, and we were like, you know what? Let's do it. Screw it. Send out the email. Send out an email. We were like, hey man, we want to talk. We want to, you know, we'd like to show you some of our music. And uh, we got a response, and he was like, yeah, of course. So we met him. Um, at the bar that was attached to the hotel and showed him the music and got to chat a little bit. And he was just like, Hey, I really, I, I like the sound of this. It sounds really good. And 
from there, it was just like one thing after another. It's a relationship building process. It's not like, yep, got the connection. We're good to go. We did see him at a bar later and we bought him a couple drinks and we like hung out and we got to know him a little bit better. He got to know us. And then a year later down the line, he was working on incinerate with us, that our last mm-hmm. EP. And then, uh, you know, we called him back for was this, this one. And he yeah, just to give us the time frame, because, you know, Disturbed kind of did a little. Yeah. And um, you guys, did he work in Pittsburgh with you guys, or did you meet him elsewhere in the country to work on the album? Uh, yeah, he worked in Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, it's right outside of Pittsburgh. It's Steubenville, Ohio. That's where we recorded the album. Yeah, that's kind of the Sunset Strip of Western Pennsylvania, Steubenville, Ohio. <laughs> that, yeah. The um, was this you know when you first made contact, reached out, was this in the kind of the lull in Disturbed's career? Uh, you know, there was a period of time where I remember the guitarist was recovering from an injury or something like that. that yeah, they were started. definitely they were still on hiatus. And okay. there wasn't anything going on. And it was just funny because after we finished that album with him, like not too long after that, they came out with what was their last, that album? It was Immortal. They came mm-hmm. out with that. It immortalized. It was just like, oh crap. Now he's going to be yeah. too busy to do all this stuff. We can't get a hold of him. And it's just funny, but because we, we would, we, we still were able to get a hold of him. He's like, Hey man, yeah, I'm, I'm in Europe and you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And it's, I don't know. It's yeah, pretty, it was, it, it's surreal from time to time to think about it, but it's cool. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're an interesting band to see because they really have kind of almost two halves to their career, you know, and really achieve success on both sides of the, you know, the whole new metal, you know, late nineties, early two thousand. And then, you know, become just as big now as probably they were before, which is great to see, you know, and oh, it's yeah. great to have, you know, but uh, obviously it makes trying to plan things out a little tougher to work in the studio. Now, um, your forthcoming um, EP, can you talk a little bit about why, why EPs work for you guys? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and I'll explain this. It's when we were, releasing our full-length albums. We had two full-length albums. They were Vitality and then Sleepwalker. Um, Don't ask me when I released those because, honestly, (laughs) I have no idea the exact dates. But when you put out albums, you have each one of those songs is your baby, and you want each one of those songs to get the attention that it deserves, that you feel that it deserves, because you created each one of those. It's not like you just slap something together and whatever. It's a filler. That's mm-hmm. not what it's about. So taking the EP route is a lot better because you give people you give people less, but they focus on the songs more. And it's really, from a financial uh, perspective of small bands, it makes a lot of sense because people aren't invested as they used to be in full length albums as much as we would like to for them to be it's just not where it is not where it used to be and going the ep route allows you to feature those five or six songs and have people really digest them before moving on to anything else that's the reason why we've been going that route yeah and that's a, that's a, a really good observation and certainly uh, you know 
it's, it's a trend in the industry, you know, aside from, you know, the niche of vinyl, which is certainly maybe, you know, a different animal in itself. But you're right. In, in the world of, of Spotify, you know, YouTube, etc., the way people are consuming a younger band, it's so easy to say, oh, okay, that's three songs, and if I've heard enough from these guys, I'm going to move and listen to the new, you know, Blackstone Cherry album, you know, for a few songs. So you're really, you know, smart in a way to not give them, you know, in the you know the era of you know the 2000s and, and prior, where you've got a you got a 74 minute CD to fill up or an 80 minute CD or whatever the technical you know limitation that was, and so many bands would shove 16, 17 songs on it. You know how many people listen end to end. Um, to that album, you know, especially in the CD area. It was a little bit different in, you know, Van Halen yeah. 2, where it was, you know, 40 minutes maybe, something like that. But yeah. so I many mean, bands, you know, will shove Sometimes you have to be a specific type of band to make that happen. There's, yeah. you know, one of my one of my favorite bands, Soil Work, they, they do mm-hmm. a lot of that. They, well, they release a lot of songs on the, their albums, but they also release a lot of albums. But, People can kind of expect that, and I feel mm-hmm. like people who are fans of that band know that's going to happen. But for other people, you just got to take a different route. Yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhat. I mean, you see bands more and more with just going to drop a single, drop a single, drop a single before the album ever even comes out because it just doesn't make sense, you know, to wait. You know, they can get more money from the individual single sales. Um, you know, it makes a tremendous amount of sense to do that. And it, it's great to hear that much time goes into the thinking of that. You know, and you're right. You want to get your best foot forward. You want people to enjoy them. You also don't want to go and be forced to write six songs just to fill the CD. that may not be your best work because you're really under the gun to have a full-length album, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what you're contractually obligated to. Um, yeah, and by no means am I saying that it's wrong that people are acting this way. I am no exception to the rule. I've been going to the gym for you know last however many weeks, and just to pick out one of the bands, Born of Osiris, I found one of their albums that I hadn't listened to, and I was like, "What is this?" And I listened to three songs off that album, and I moved right. on to the next artist. I'm just noticing that now. I only listened to three songs on that album. There's probably seven or eight that I haven't gotten into and you know where they probably put a lot of time and effort into those seven songs i mean if they probably released those on a different album my stupid brain would have been like oh more music (laughs) you know as we're talking about this it it brought me back to uh dream theaters uh it was a 2016 album the astonishing which was a two cd thing I have never taken the second disc out because the first one, and, and I'm you know a CD guy, and I still listen to them that way when I can. The first CD was 79 minutes of music. That was enough. I was good. You know, I didn't need a second 50 minutes of music right. from the second disc, and it just guilty and never finished that album. It's sad, in a way, to say that. Yeah. But you know, you're but you're right. There are certain bands certainly lend themselves to the complete recording. Some bands lend themselves maybe a single. Sometimes it's the types of songs or how you're how you're consuming. Like you mentioned at the gym. You don't want a you know, a, a nice 
90 beats per minute song, you know, a dreamy piece of music thrown in while you're yeah. trying to, you know, do your thing at the gym. Um, yeah. So it, it makes, it be, but, you know, rewind time 20 years ago, you didn't have the choice. You know, you were going to take, a, you know, a disc, a cassette, a, you know, even if you had an MP3 player, you had to manually sync the music to the MP3 player. But streaming has made it so easy to hop around. Um, um, it's insane. I mean, I remember back in the day when you bought an album and you're like, you, you it doesn't matter if you hated that album, you listened mm. to it. I mean, I remember I like yeah. bought a Jane's Addiction album and I was like, I don't like this. But I had to listen to it. I put it in the walk yeah. and I just kept listening to it. Yeah, what were you going to do? You were either going to trade it to a friend, try to sell it to CD Warehouse for three bucks, or you were just going to listen to it. And the, the the interesting thing is how many albums you think about from the era when you did have to be invested in it. You know all the words to songs you don't even maybe like because you listen to it. You know, if it was in your car, you listen to it 15 times before you, you know, got it out of the car or like I said, sold it somewhere. Um, oh yeah. So it's, it's a different way, but I mean, I think, you know, that hit them quick, hit them with your absolute best foot forward makes a lot of sense. You right. Know, it, uh, it is, when you listen to your albums and I don't know how often you go back and listen to your old albums. I'm sure when you're, when you're getting ready to do live shows, you're still, you know, playing stuff from old stuff. Do you think the band's, Sound has progressed tremendously. I mean, when I say that, I should say differ from how you sounded when you originally. I wouldn't say necessarily you know, the music better or worse. That that's subjective. But do you feel as though the style of the band has changed much over those years? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, people change, and y- your influences change, and your your drives change. Back in you know, the college days when we were writing Sleepwalker, you know, it's everything is like, go, 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 super heavy, slam out, and a lot of anger, a lot of aggression, and a lot of different stuff. And as you kind of move forward with our music, things start to get a little bit more groovy, I guess. And it's not that we um, have lost that aggression or anything. It's just that you're you know, your palate changes and you try to mm-hmm. work with what you have and it's less of all of one thing. It's more of just the art that you're into at the moment. Um, yeah, we've mm-hmm. definitely changed, but there are definitely some songs that we have been sitting on for years that when we release them, people are going to be like, oh, wow, that sounds like this, that, that older album, which I kind of like to do. I, I some bands have been doing that recently, and I've I've noticed that, and I thought that was pretty cool because that gives your fans, your longtime fans who have been fans of certain albums, give them you know yeah. like a throwback almost. And then there's some real wisdom to that when you think, because you know, as you, as you listen to any band, and then band sound evolve. I mean, some bands are very good at sounding the same from record one to record six. I mean, there are there are bands out there, but you know, if you're a big fan of, you know, a band's debut album and then, you know, the band's influences change or maybe they're, you know, I don't want to say mature. That's not even necessarily a fair word, but let's say your style changes. The fans' interest may not change. You know, there's, you know, right. you want, you want a rap album 
2019 to sound like a rat album in 1989. Nobody wants to hear a rat album where they're doing, you know, Pink Floyd style music. But, you know, yeah. in dropping songs, you know, of different ages, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty brilliant, you know, because you're, you're able to catch those people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's not something that we probably did intentionally, but it's mm. something that we've kind of looked back and we're like, Hey, that's not a bad idea because this is what we were writing at the time. And mm. it, it's still all us. It's just from different time periods. Yeah. Now, do you guys write collectively or, or do you kind of noodle and then, you know, glue them together, you know, once you've got different pieces of songs? Yeah, the process is usually like, um, the process is usually like, you know, either when somebody takes on a song and they, or they have an idea, they usually go, if they have like the best direction and everything, they go start to finish and like, here's the song, it's done. Or they don't really say it's done, don't change it. Um, it, it everybody is, you know, it, it's, it's up to everyone to be like, I like this part. I think this part should change. I think this should do this and that. But there are also times when, you know, people may lose their direction and they just go, I'm stuck. I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm confused. And another band member steps in and goes, actually, I, I have an idea for this part and moving on in this direction. And from there, it's cool because you get the feed back and forth because you lose yourself and when you lose your path and somebody else throws in an idea, then you finally, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, and then you can do this. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. And it's, it's really cool to work with other people in that perspective because it takes your art and turns it into something maybe you not have been thinking of. Um, one of the main things that I can remember is, I mean, back in college working with Marcus Janimore, or drummer, um, had an idea for a song. It was ironic, or it was it was funny because I, I was it was a Magic Bullet commercial, you know, with those blender things that was on yeah. at the time, and I didn't know what to call the song. I was like, this song's called the Magic Bullet. So <laughs> I got all the way into the bridge, and I was like, I'm lost, dude. I have no idea where to go. And he comes over. He's like, uh, let's try this. And then he throws in this piece and I was like, Oh dude, let's do this next. And like, we had this like shouting match in my, my dorm room. We we're like, this is awesome. Let's keep making this song. <laughs> but yeah, that's that is, the way it works. That's the, the best feeling when you're, when you're collaborating. And I'm sure you, you, you know, you, you listen to, you even tell a story, you can tell you enjoy it when, when you're stuck and somebody throws just even maybe the simplest thing. And then it's just like, wham. And, and you get so excited when that happens. You know, because oh. you, you, you're you just blocked and blocked and blocked, and you get so frustrated, and then someone gives you just the slightest thing or whatever it might be, and it, it's just such a wonderful feeling. You know, it's, it's, it's great to collaborate. Feeling. Yeah. Well, do you guys have a, a time frame for the, the release of the EP or a title, or is that still under wraps at the moment? Yeah, That well, the, the title was misguided, and I want to say within the next coming months. Okay. We are using PR companies and you know they're saying, no, it's best to do this and it's best to do that and let's wait on this and whatever. But um, ultimately, we want to get this album out and we want to make sure that it's done right. So we're going to 
uh, it's all mixed. Everything is ready to go. It's just about the uh, the release process. So yeah, they can tuned. be painfully slow. I'm sure and agonizing when you you spend all that time writing, recording, getting it uh, ready, and then you've got to oh, wait man. for this is the worst and... part. Do you guys it's the have the worst um, part because then you don't get to be creative anymore? You're just like ah, uh, yeah, marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be kind of painful. Do you guys have um any shows coming up, even whether nationally or, or here in the Pittsburgh area? Honestly, no. We uh, we haven't done anything in a while just because we wanted to make sure that we could get our, our music video done. We are filming another one at the end of this month so that we okay. can get ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, we really haven't done a lot of shows since, oh, geez, I can't even remember when our last one was. Um, but we are planning a tour, and we actually had something planned until we had to move th- some things around, so... We are planning another tour. Last year, we did a tour with the Veer Union. Um, you know, went 25 cities and across you know mm-hmm. a month. And uh, we are planning another tour across the United States right now. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to that. We'll look forward to the to the EP sooner than later and, and a and a follow up video. Are you going to use the same location for the for the next video? Uh, no, no. We're we're definitely going to move to a different area. We've already got some ideas spinning around. Uh, probably something with a little bit more room. Um, but yeah, this next song is definitely going to uh, hit a little bit harder. I guess I guess you could say that it slaps if people were to use modern uh, language. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it definitely hits a little bit harder, and we're just excited to release it. Well, awesome. Well, Johnny, I want to thank you so much. We look forward to a lot more from Never Wake Man. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, that about wraps up another episode of Iron City Rocks. Big thank you to Johnny from Never Wake. Check them out. Uh, you find a link to them on our website. Also, Black Swan with Reb Beach. Uh, you know, everything Reb does is always awesome. He's an amazing guitarist, amazing uh, vocalist, amazing songwriter. So I invite you to check out both of those bands, uh, both Pittsburgh Proud. So, well, at least both guitarists and singer. Uh, Johnny is from Pittsburgh. So, Check both of those out and invite you to check out our website, ironcityrocks.com. We've got links in the episode notes for this show, for the album, uh, from both bands, uh, all the links you need to get to anything. We've got the videos and all that cool stuff, so check that out. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, are all forward slash ironcityrocks. Love to hear from you guys, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, what you like, bands you'd be interested in seeing, bands you don't ever want to hear from again. You let us know what you think. Uh, We appreciate any and all honest feedback. So until next time, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. (laughs) 